Welcome to the Toka Backstage Podcast. Join Toka's Executive Director, Chris Wolf, in conversations with the artists and people behind the scenes of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation's performances and events. Hi, and welcome back to Toka Backstage. This is Chris Wolf, Executive Director of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation, and I am pleased and honored to have Gina Chavez here, who will be at the uh, Torrance Cultural Arts uh, Cabaret Series on March 1st and 2nd of this year. Uh, Gina, it's an honor to have to speak to you. Thank you so much for making the time. Well, gosh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I know your your promotional material calls you a multi-ethnic Latin pop artist, but in listening to your music, it, it's almost, un, you can't really like pin it to one specific genre. How would you describe your music? <laughs> yeah, I think um, I just described my music as fusion because it really is, it's kind of nothing puro, like nothing completely pure. I definitely started off as a singer-songwriter. Um, I got inspired when I went to Argentina for a study abroad semester when I was in uh, college and completely like enth- became enthralled with a specific type of rhythm from Argentina called Chacarrera, but that essentially started me on a journey to discover my Latin roots through music. And then, you know, my most recent album has definite elements of soul and R&B, even though I wouldn't necessarily call it a soul record. So I don't know. I, I like to just kind of do my thing and uh, leave it up to the fans to, to define it for themselves. <laughs> well, and it's kind of like, why bother? Because it's just, I mean, you, you have so much fun listening to it that it, it doesn't necessarily need to be defined. But so take me back. Did you grow up speaking Spanish? Were you in a multi-ethnic household or... No, well, I mean, I was in a multi-ethnic household in the sense that, you know, my um, my dad's side of the family is from Mexico, and my mom's side of the family is a Swiss-German, but, you know, many generations back. Both my parents are from Texas, so we're, you know, kind of like third-generation Texans, and I would hear little bits of Spanish every now and then. Like, my dad has, he always says he speaks enough to fool the gringos. <laughs> so, like, he has good pronunciation, and my parents spent a lot of time traveling and I think that's the real value that I grew up with was kind of the value of learning different cultures, the value of even language. You know, my parents, they did this like crazy bus tour through Europe in the 70s where they literally like lived in a VW bus, totally hippie style <laughs> for nice. like a year and a half. And so they, I grew up on these stories of them traveling and, and learning little bits and phrases from, you know, Holland and Morocco and all kinds of stuff. And so I think that's really what I soaked up was a desire to, you know, travel the world and almost be a bit of a, a bit of a sponge because I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. I didn't really grow up with my Latin roots um, or my Swiss German roots. <laughs> and, you know, it was really through music. That was kind of the doorway that, I don't know, it was just like I, I went to Argentina. I don't even know why Argentina exactly. I just wanted to go somewhere Spanish speaking and got to Argentina and found out, you know, they have a different, it's like, they speak Castellano <laughs> as opposed to like Espanol. It's like a, I don't know, it's their, their accent is just totally different than any other uh, Spanish speaking country. But I just loved it there. And, and I became enthralled with their rhythm called a chacarrera and their kind of folk music. And that's kind of what started me on my journey. So I'm curious, though, how did you, what made you decide to, to write songs in the Spanish language or, as opposed to just doing straight pop, uh, like 
American pop or English pop? Yeah, I mean, I started as a folk songwriter, you know, I mean, in the sense that it was just me and an acoustic guitar. I started the short story. I had always sung. I was in, you know, like middle school and high school choirs. We had really good choir programs where I went to school. And that was kind of my music education. I went to college, I picked up a guitar, um, and then I tried learning a, a couple songs, but I was a baby guitar player. And so like, I literally, like all the songs had way too many chords. And so I was like, ah, forget that. I'm just going to write a two chord song and it's going to be great. <laughs> and, um, and that like was kind college. of, like all yeah, college I, do it. <laughs> I was basically too lazy to learn other people's songs. And so I wrote my own. And that's kind of how it started. Honestly, I, as far as the Spanish language, so I had been playing guitar for a few years and writing songs in English. And then I went to Argentina, did this study abroad semester. And almost immediately when I got home, I wrote probably the only song that has ever come to me in 10 minutes, and which is weird because I still don't like, I, I still wouldn't call myself, you know, a fluent Spanish speaker. I would say I'm highly proficient, but as far as actual mastery of the language. I think that takes a really long time. And anyway, so I, I wrote this song in 10 minutes in Spanish and it kind of had like the Gina version of a Chacarera rhythm. And that was the song that everybody, you know, I'd play for a coffee shop of people that were not paying attention to me for an hour and a half. And people would come up and be like, hey, do you have any more of that like flamenco stuff? <laughs> and I'd be like, well, it's not flamenco. And no, that's actually the only song I have. <laughs> So it just kind of taught me that people really enjoyed, even though it was in Spanish and it was probably the only song they couldn't understand, that was the one that connected with them. And so I was like, huh, well, I love that stuff too. Like, let's focus there. So that's kind of what happened. Well, and I, I find it actually really cool that you've taken sort of that that rhythm and that beat and sort of melded it with also doing like English speaking or English language songs which you don't hear very often. Why do you think, I mean, cause it's, it's such a cool rhythm. Why do you think people don't incorporate that as much? You know, I think there's a couple reasons. For one, I know that one of the things that I've run into with my music is that because it is hard to describe or put in a genre box, it does make it harder to market because people are like, well, what do you sound like? You're like, well, you know, right. if Selena and... <laughs> Sarah Bareilles were riding on a motorcycle together. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, uh, um, <laughs> it's trying to find a way to like kind of give people an idea of what it right. sounds like. It is more difficult. You know, I think it's also that there's not a lot of people that can do multiple languages and make them work. It's like when you hear a crossover artist from Spanish into English, it's like Shakira. Like, I love her stuff, but mm -hmm. when she sings in English, it's like I'm just not a big fan. Yeah. You know, so I think I think that's difficult. You know, and I think the I think the main thing is that people are just now discovering that there is a market for it. For instance, you know, when you have like Justin Bieber joining Luis Fonsi on Despacito, you know, when you have J Balvin and Beyonce on a track together, like you're starting to see that people are like, "Oh, there's a huge market out there for Latin music. We need to jump on that train." So, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of it. Well, and I, but kudos to you to doing it because it's what you love to do and not because you're trying to jump on a bandwagon. I mean, I think right. if there's a bandwagon to jump on, it's the one you've created because your, your music really. Yeah, tell them that. <laughs> I'll get on the phone right now. Yeah, tell Beyonce. <laughs> 
Um, and so you have won uh, multiple awards in from the Austin Music Awards. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. Cr- I still can't believe it, but yeah, we've uh, we've won ten Austin Music Awards. That's awesome. So is is that the the local version of the Grammys, or how does the Austin Music Awards work? I like that. I like the, the <laughs> I like your description there. <laughs> Honestly, it's a, you know, it's a voting system. So it is kind of like the Grammys in that sense. Um, We're actually going through it right now. So there's the second round is happening and we're nominated in uh, five categories. Nice. And people anywhere can vote. See, oh really? So so we can, we can tell our people to, our our fans to vote? You sure can. I think the 21st, I'll have to look at when the deadline is. I want to say it's January 21st. Well, we'll have to put a a link on, on this to make sure people vote. Um, so I also wanted to ask you about, um, in looking at your website, you're really involved in a, in a charity, the college fund. Can you tell me about that? So I'll try to make the short, (laughs) essentially my, my wife and I, before we were married, we went to El Salvador and did some mission work. Um, we're Mm -hmm. both Catholic. We both actually met at the university Catholic center. That's another story, but we, um, we decided to do a Catholic volunteer program and we went down to El Salvador. That's where they sent us. And essentially after, you know, after living with these incredible young women and with nuns, so we lived like in a convent with nuns and the school that they were running. And after being with all of them for eight months and seeing the kind of, I don't know, it's just, it's such a beautiful country and the people are so amazing and they're dealing with some of the most heinous violence and corruption that you can imagine. But what we typically know of El Salvador is just the bad stuff, right? right. Um, and we were kind of in the heart of gang territory down there. We were in um, Soyapango, which is like a suburb of San Salvador. And essentially, it's like the home of La Marasala Trucha, which is the MS-13 gang. And anyway, so, you know, like we had a, an incredible experience down there and the people just completely embraced us. And these young women that we essentially like lived with and taught became our sisters. And so it felt really wrong for us to just be like, okay, peace out. Like our eight months are done. Like have a good life. And so we, so my wife was like, well, what if we started a college scholarship fund? You know, cause we found out that like all the young women wanted to go to school, but they couldn't because it's just incredibly unaffordable. And so anyway, long story longer, <laughs> we uh, essentially came back to Austin. We we're like, cool, we're going to do this. How do we do this? I don't know. Gina, you play music let's do some benefit concerts. And so fast forward eight years and we have now put four young women through college who would otherwise never have had the chance to do so. Um, our last, our final graduate of those first four graduated last September and we're now taking on a new cohort of young women. And we're just really excited to continue the program and it's called Niñas Arriba. And if people want to find out more, it's, uh, if you go to GinaChavez.com, there's a little link at the top that says college fund. And that'll take you to all the good places. So you, you take them all the way through college? I mean, you, you helped them from day one all the way through? Yeah, there was. Um, so Rosemary was the final graduate that we picked up. And she had actually been putting herself through school. So I want to say we started with her on her they have a five-year program, so I want to say it was her third year. So, she, you know, we didn't take her all the way through, um, but the other three we did. And that was more just because all of the first four young women that we helped are, were girls that Jody and I lived with. So, like, we knew them. We knew their families. We 
they have like a dormitory at the school. And so essentially we like lived with them. We woke up with them at like 5 a.m. We did chores together. We, you know, got together after school. We'd play basketball and we'd do night prayers and like, you know what I mean? We right. really lived with them. Um, <laughs> so we knew them really well. Um, and so now that we're continuing the program and we're not in El Salvador, we're starting to put together more of a like, kind of an infrastructure on how we accept applications and stuff like that. That's great. That, that is awesome. I hope uh, if there's anything we can do on our end, maybe put an ad in the show program or something to try and get people interested. Let us know. We'd love to do it. So I see you have, uh, have a guitar. We would love to, if you could uh, honor us with a song. All right. Sounds good. I'm going to go and if for some reason the sound is real weird, just wave at me or something. Okay. Long enough to raise my head, to push back up. They still find someone a little less rough to touch my heart again with sweet, sweet
No importa la herida, no importa el dolor, la dulce canción, tu nombre va de mi corazón. No You know, despite the fact that that was sung uh, with a microphone on a computer, that was still lovely. Thank you very much. I've got to ask you, when people walk away from your concerts, what do you want them to take away? What's the takeaway from an evening of uh, Gina Chavez music? I think I want... I want people to understand that we don't fit in a box, you know, that we're not singular. There's so many different sides to each of us. And I think especially in the world that we live in today and what's going on in our country with the political discourse or lack thereof, it's that we're all the same. Like I've traveled to 12 different countries with the U.S. State Department as a cultural ambassador. And what's different and beautiful about us is the cultures and the clothing and the food and the way that we do life. But the things that are, you know, that unite us, it's just, it's right here. It's here for everyone. We all just want to be loved for who we are. And we want to be able to share who we are with the world. And so that's essentially what I want to do with music is, you know, I want to look out at an audience that may not talk to each other because of the differences that divide them in the way they look, the language they speak, the education level they have, the amount of money in their pockets, where they live, their zip code. I would love to look out at an audience that includes all kinds of different people and that they can look around and be like, wow, we're experiencing this same thing together live. And that's because we're the same. We have something in common. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I just hope people leave, you know, maybe with just a little joy in their hearts, a little a realization that we're not always what we seem. You know, I'm a practicing Catholic lesbian in a same-sex marriage, and those things might seem like they don't belong together, but they do. They can. Yeah. A amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> that, that, was, that was brilliant. Well... Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to having you uh, experiencing your music live. If, and for those of those, those listening or who that you may have sparked their interest, but you didn't like the sound quality of the song on this, please check out her website, chinachavez.com. And you can actually watch her performing on video. It's uh, some, I, I actually was listening to Gotta, Gotta Get and Let It Out this morning and uh so um i will be standing in the merch line to get one of your cds when when you come thank you so much for taking the time i really appreciate it i love it thanks so much uh everyone there i'm so looking forward to to partying with you so let's do <laughs> awesome thanks so much all right